M. Night Shyamalan is one of the more interesting filmmakers of the present day. People either love his movies or they hate them. Personally, I've always been on the fence. Not that I have really particularly cared about his movies until pretty much recently. The most I've known about Shyamalan is from the occasional review that I would come across of his movies or his directing style. And yeah, my idea of him as a filmmaker was rather limited. That is, of course, until I saw Knock at the Cabin, which hit theatres in 2023. Now, when the movie arrived in theatres, I wasn't exactly sure if I wanted to see it. Mostly because, well, yeah, he made The Sixth Sense back in the 90s, but he also made The Happening. And, well, I wasn't exactly kind of sold on watching a Shyamalan movie until I was told that the movie had Rupert Grint. The actor who played Ronald Weasley back in the Harry Potter days in the 2000s. Which was pretty cool because, well, ever since then, I feel like he's kind of left the spotlight and, well, pretty much went into obscurity for a while. I mean, yeah, he's done indie movies and things like that, but uh, he hasn't really returned to the Hollywood um, limelight in quite a while. At least not to my attention. So when I saw him... Entering in such a big, playing in such a big movie like Knock at the Cabin, I was intrigued and I was happy to see him again. Seeing that I watched Knock at the Cabin, well, what did I think of it? Well, we'll find out more on this episode of Enjoy the Movie. Hi, everybody, my name's Tony, and welcome back to Enjoy the Movie, where we'd love to talk about great movies love to rip on the bad ones. So today we will indeed be talking about Knock at the Cabin, directed by M. Night Shyamalan. The movie is actually based on a book called The Cabin at the End of the Universe, I mean The Cabin at the End of the World, by Paul G. Tremblay. So the story follows two men and a child, Andrew, Eric and Wen, played by Ben Aldridge, Jonathan Gruff and Christian Dewey respectively. And sorry if I'm mispronouncing the names. Now, Andrew, Eric, and Gwen are going on a holiday in the middle of the forest until, of course, they get captured and taken hostage by four strangers led by a man named Leonard, played by Dave Bautista, Nikki Amuka Bird, Abby Quinn, and Rupert Grint. Now, Leonard, the head of the, uh, of the hostage takers, demands the, uh, the two men to sacrifice one of themselves to end an impending apocalypse. Now, the premise of the movie is actually pretty interesting. So you get kidnapped and then you have to... The only way you can free yourself is if you end the apocalypse. Except, what if you don't really believe in the apocalypse? Well, that would be very disturbing and it would make for a very thrilling movie. And in many cases, Knock at the Cabin was a thrilling movie. I mean, how do you know if any of what's happening really happening? You know, in terms of like, you know, the signs that the apocalypse is coming. How do you know if that's happening? So... Here's the thing, I'm not going to sugarcoat it, I don't really, I don't love apocalypse movies, but, you know, I do appreciate them for what they try to do, you know, especially movies like 2012, with that, you know, the great flood that how everything is getting destroyed, the world is getting destroyed, it was all the rage back in 2009, <laughs> but, you know, for all the faults of that movie, the apocalypse itself in that movie was incredible, 
You know, it's um, it was terrifying. It was tense. It was more than you can. It was more than you can grapple, and it's just it was incredible. And knock at the cabin when I heard about it. You know, it promised. It kind of promised me that you know, it's like you know something when deal comes into the apocalypse. I do expect something great will happen, and by great I mean honestly terrifying and too great and terrible to imagine, kind of great. And yeah, there's, I feel yeah. So overall, yeah, the premise of the movie is pretty interesting, but I feel like as we'll talk about later, the movie does have some deficiencies in terms of you know technical kind of. deficiencies or even logical <laughs> yeah there's a lot of those but I feel like there's a lot to talk about a lot of good things to point out in Knock at the Cabin so I want to keep it kind of fair and square one of the things I loved about uh, Knock at the Cabin was the acting more specifically the acting by Dave Batista and Kristen Dewey I like these two I feel like uh, these two I mean, they, had, they don't really have much screen time together as two characters you know, interacting together in a movie. The only the only scene that I can think of was the first introdu- the first scene, the introduction, when uh, Leonard goes up to Wen and begins talking to her and trying to convince her that he's a good guy, you know, and uh, Wen is immediately taken in by him, by his charm. Now... Dave Batista here is really good. Now, I love Dave Batista here because, like, he he when you look at him at first, you know, he's this really big, buff kind of guy with this deep, big, like, like booming, commanding, you know, bass kind of voice. But he's able to kind of let that sense of aggression aside and and be kind of more delicate. And just, you know, allow his emotion to get through. And allow more of his inner kind of... Kind of what he's going on in him get through. So, yeah, Dave Bautista is really cool. I love him in that movie. Especially in the different scenes where, you know, he's trying to... He's trying to convince... um, He's trying trying to convince... Andrew and Eric of his view of, like, what's going on in the apocalypse. That the apocalypse is coming... And Dave Batista like appear shows that like, he really kind of at least he can make he makes us think like yeah his character you know he, he there's this sense of mystery that he gives right in his attitude there's a sense of mystery but there's also a sense of urgency to it and I really like it so in that regard yeah Dave Batista is really good um Kristen Dewey I love I love sort of her innocence that she brings and um yeah, it's just yeah, she's really cool. Um Rupert Grint, yeah. Now I want to talk about Rupert Grint. So Rupert Grint elicited a lot of feelings about me. Now, this thing like I'm 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 not going to pretend to be this kind of fan of Rupert Grint like I, but I do I'm not going to pretend to be like this big fan of Rupert Grint. But, you know, I really appreciate him. Like, I grew up with him uh, watching Harry Potter, you know? Like, I, I I like the guy. So, seeing him again, I was very pleased. I was very pleased to see him again. So, 
Rupert Grint's character, like he's a really good actor. Like even like just like with Batista, like you know he's, I mean he doesn't have he's not the physical powerhouse that Batista is, but even he like you can tell that it's this like the manic kind of, uh this sort of rage that's boiling in him, and he's just like he's just waiting to kind of let it loose in a way. Now, that would be cool if. You know, the cinematography did him justice. Now, okay, we'll get back to Rupert Grint in a second, and I'm going to digress a little bit to the cinematography. The cinematography here is really good. Like, like the, the the shots of the cabin and the forest and, you know, things like that. Like, it's just, it looks great, you know? Like, it's really good. I feel like we got that right, but what we didn't get right was our framing of Rupert Grint who in the scene where he gets emotional and like he he's well, he has an emotional moment in in the first act he gets put at the corner of the frame why is that you know a moment like this you need to get up close to him you need to get get up close and you know kind of be intimate have the camera be intimate with the guy, I mean, I'm using it, <laughs> intimate's not the right word here, but, like, you gotta get up there and get, kind of, the fear and the rage out of the character, but here, like, just, it's sat there, it sits there, and half of the, half of the frame occupies just space, and then the guy is just in the corner of the picture, it really negated Kind of the set, it negated from Rupert Grint's performance, and I really don't like that. Also, I was really kind of expecting him to be in the movie, like, because you say Rupert Grint, like, you know, a list of the actors add Rupert Grint. You know, you think, like, you'd think the guy is gonna have, like, a big presence in the movie. Now, is it though? I don't know, like, he's not. He doesn't. He's not like a cameo or anything. He gets somewhat of a role, which is cool, but he doesn't really appear for that long. You know, I I was expecting to see him. You know, I was expecting him to be have like a really drawn out part, but he really didn't. He's only there for like the first act, and then he's unceremoniously cast off the movie. And I was very uh, disappointed with that. You know, because I, I was expecting. You know, Rupert Grint. He hasn't been in a movie as big. This, this is, I think this is his, his biggest movie since the Harry Potter movies, and yet this is how you this is how you use him. I was I was very disappointed, you know. I wanted more and I didn't get it. So on that front, yeah, I was let down. But this is, I think, the first of many letdowns when it comes to Knock at the Cabin. Like the movie has great has great ideas, but it just doesn't execute them very well. That's yeah, I think the biggest problem here. We don't we have great ideas, but we have bad execution. So the movie starts with Leonard and Wen out outside the cabin, but then he he reveals the truth eventually and Wen goes into the cabin and then warns Andrew and Eric about what's going to happen. But for some reason these two like we're supposed to like these two, but what really hurts is that that what they do, among other things, like among other things that happened in the movie, really kind of stick out like a sore thumb for me. Just just really get to me. For instance, like the girl when is warning Andrew and Eric 
that well they're they're game being broken in and they're like what but where what's that what and but like even worse even worse than this was when um when Leonard and Co break you know, try to break in they're like well, I have a gun do you have a gun yeah it's in the car who keeps their gun in the car I mean the best you don't keep a gun in the car. If some, anyone could break into it and just snag it off like that and leave, you know, it, when you when you have a gun, you keep it in your house. It's a lot. It's a lot safer in the house than it is in the car. That's firstly. Secondly, why would you want to keep a gun in the car when you could have it with you in your house to protect yourself in that kind of situation? Oh, but of course, the the, the plot needs to happen. You know, we have to put the thing in the car so that the plot needs to happen then and later on. So it's really stupid, and I don't like it. So, and then the movie continues, and Act 1 then gets bogged down by this this weird kind of talk about how how Leonard and co. aren't, you know, why they're not taking Andrew and Eric hostage. It's like, oh, we're not taking you hostage because of this and that. And it's like, no, no, look, I don't care why you are not taking Andrew and Eric hostage. I, I want to know why you are taking our protagonist hostage. I don't care why you're not doing it. It's incredibly annoying because, like, you have you have momentum at the start of the movie, but then that gets lost by all the kind of apologizing kind of talk and the kind of virtue signaling um, talking, you know, like, oh, we're... we're look... We're villains, but rest assured, we work villains. That's <coughs> excuse me. We're villains, but we're also work villains. Like rest, rest at ease. It's it's it really kind of like it really held pulled back on the momentum that the movie had at the start, and this really annoys me. Also, another thing that really kind of bothered me as I was watching this movie, was the apocalypse. Now, here's the thing, like, an apocalypse is a tremendous and great and terrifying event in which human race, the human race basically stops to exist. Now, an event like this should be be portrayed with all its glory and all its terror and all of kind of it's all the weight that it entails all right but for some reason M. Night Shyamalan is surprisingly restrained like his apocalypse here is like just okay so here's the thing floods planes falling out of the sky diseases and things like that that, that, those things are terrifying like the prospect of these happening are just it's terrifying but Shyamalan doesn't really give it the treatment that it needs. Like, okay, I get it that throughout the movie, you know, because we want to stay, you know, okay, we're watching from the cabin and, you know, we're watching the, the apocalypse gradually take place. But when they're not free, spoiler alert, when when they're not, you know, Andrew and Eric, when they break free and the apocalypse begins to happen, now that they're free, Shouldn't you go all in on the apocalypse to make us feel the weight of all their decisions that they have made throughout the movie? And make us feel the consequences of those actions? Instead, we just sit at the back and we just watch 
Like, just one plane falling out of the sky. One, and then a few minutes later, another one. Oh, look, here's a plane falling. Oh, here's another plane falling. Oh. And then the... We're supposed to have, like, there's supposed to be, like, raining fire or something like that. What do we get? Just a couple thunderclaps. And then, like, when we talk about the diseases, we don't see people getting sick. We're like, oh, we, we get back to that news anchor thingy. He's like, oh, there are people are getting sick. People are going through hospital and whatever. And it really pulls back and to sort of just, it really kind of ruins the moment for me like it should have been a terrifying and overwhelming moment but instead it's a very massive letdown and i was frankly incredibly disappointed as i said like you know this this movie had a great i had great ideas but it doesn't really like let itself be a good movie it just it's always there always has to be some something that kind of held holds it back, you know. Also, even worse than the surprisingly tame apocalypse is well, the fact that well, the whole thing is pretty vague. Like, why is the apocalypse happening? In what context is the apocalypse happening? What in the world is going on? I mean, here's the thing. The apocalypse, from a Christian understanding, is the second coming of God, for example. You know, when we have, you know, the end of the world is coming, we understand, at least from a Christian point of view, that, you know, God is coming again, He's going to judge the world and, you know, split the sheep on the right and the goats to the left. The sheep, they would be the righteous, the saints, and, you know, all the good people on earth will be, you know... Entered will be taken to heaven and there will be like an everlasting joy in paradise. And then the goats, i.e., you know, all the wicked and villainous monsters out there will be casted to hell into the eternal fire. Now, okay, we get like, okay, this is the apocalypse and this is what we know about it. Now, here in Knock at the Cabin, the apocalypse is just, it's rather vague. We don't know in what context it's taking place, or even who is responsible for it, or at least what is responsible for it, or why is it happening? I mean, it could be anything, but the movie doesn't talk about it. And somehow, Leonard and Go are supposed to have something to do with the apocalypse. Like, we don't even know what what their role is in relation to the apocalypse. Like, apparently, like, they saw a vision. And apparently the world is going to end and it's all real. And they believe it. I mean, that's fine, except we don't really understand sort of their... Like, we don't really understand their relation to the event and what's going on. Like, what do they have to do with all this? Or just, they saw a vision? And like, the idea is that they're also supposed to represent the horsemen of the apocalypse from the from the Bible. You know, it's like, like, but how? You know, what, Rupert Grint's character is being, you know, a, a, being a jerk and he's, you know, incredibly violent. That means he's malice? Where did that come from? We don't really explore these, you know? Like, okay, like, they... The characters talk a lot about, you know, like, oh, I'm this, and I do this, and I do that, and I have this, and I have that. 
but they never really talk about their relations as to why they're there. Why are they taking um, taking the, uh, the, the Andrew, Eric, and Wen hostage? We don't really know why. And this is, I think, this is another. I think this is the biggest reason why I felt that this movie was a letdown. Like, I didn't understand what the apocalypse was even about. Why it's happening? I, I didn't. I didn't understand. And yet, I'm supposed to feel something for the characters, and I want to. You know, the the the, the character, the actors are putting their hearts out in these performances. But how can I how can I feel how can I feel investment if you know I don't really understand what is going on? I wanted to like this movie. Like, you know, I had my hopes up on M. Night Shyamalan, and he's not a terrible director. Like, I'm sure I'm sure he's a like like for me, what I think of him, he's hit or miss. Like you never know whether his movies are gonna be his next movie is gonna be good or bad. So it really is like a gamble every time you go into a movie, one of his movies. And I feel every time you watch something, every time you watch something by Shyamalan, you're risking something. You're risking your uh, like you're gambling on your two hours of your time of your life on the possibility that you're going to watch a good movie. And Shyamalan, like, I, I believe he's capable of doing this. But in Knock at the Cabin, he unfortunately really lets me down. But I also didn't hate it. There's a lot of good, I think, to you know to the movie's credit, and to Shyamalan's credit too. He can work with actors, like, in the cinematography is really good. But the movie itself, I feel didn't leave much of an impact on me. And that concludes today's episode of Enjoy the Movie, ladies and gentlemen. So thank you very much for tuning in. And if you haven't done so, please subscribe to the show so you can stay updated on all the future content that goes on to the podcast. And we have a Facebook page, so make sure you like that one so you can stay updated on all the news related to um, Enjoy the Movie. And also... If, if you have any uh, movie suggestions, you want me to review something, or you have any ideas for the show, you want to give me feedback, send me an email. It's enjoythemoviepodcast at gmail.com. The link is down in the description, and I cannot wait to hear your thoughts. Oh, and also, before, before I forget, I also write reviews on Letterboxd. So, aside from reviewing movies on this podcast, I also write the reviews on Letterboxd in my profile, Le Petit Antoine. The link is down in the description, so go to, so go down to the link below for my letterbox page, and then so you could check out all of my uh, reviews for plenty of other movies dating back at least two years. And that's all for this week. And until next time, enjoy the movie. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe, and if you want to get in touch with us, then please leave a comment or go to the links in the description. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. We're there. Also, be sure to share the podcast with your peers and online. Thank you for listening.
Enjoy the movie was hosted by Tony Saad. The music and logo were created by Clara Saad. Enjoy the movie is created by Tony Saad. Copyright Tony Saad 2023.